0: Hunter to Stefanovic, here he is, Williams, patient, going to work, got it, the answer, three seconds, no timeouts, Harper, for the win, oh, it counts, at the buzzer. Trosha Morelos, Waters, deep three for the win, he goes. it. the basketball and there he goes Here he goes Drive the, the, the basketball. Oh. they get it back down and get it up back sealed oh. for the win oh. and they win. win it oh my god oh my god it went down oh my god racing pull up three no good rebound carolina and the fairy tale ride for the tar heels continues Coach K's legendary career has come to a close. Brown on Manick, and here we go. Manick circling around and slipped underneath. They go to Love. Love's going to be the one to take it. Puts up the shot. It's off. The game is over, and Kansas completes the biggest championship comeback. Welcome to the mid-season awards episode of On the Line of College Basketball podcast. I'm joined as always with Ben, my co-host, uh esteemed college basketball gambler. Uh Ben's been firing off some pretty sick of plays. He's going to definitely tell you about this this episode, but for the most part we are going to be giving you a mid-season straw poll of who we think or uh I guess the the uh, su- superlatives of it is that did did, did you have that in high school, Ben, superlatives. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but we... Yeah. I, yeah, I thought I it did was not. pronounced I,
1: superlatives, but yes.
0: It is. It is pronounced superlatives. <laughs> you're right. I, uh... Yeah. Hey, I haven't best, said that word since, uh...
1: Best hair. Funniest classmate. Yes, exactly. Best such. hair.
0: Right. Yes, most likely to, et cetera. So, tonight, we're going to be doing that. And the first category is going to be biggest disappointment. Ben, why don't you kick it off?
1: Uh, my biggest disappointment this year was the number one ranked team come through this year. That was North Carolina. Um, there's been a lot of blue buds that have struggled this year, but North Carolina being ranked number one, getting off to the limping start they did, um, and they really just never righted the ship like you would expect them to. Um, you know they're sitting around five hundred in the ACC. They've just lost some games you wouldn't expect them to. Uh, they have too much offensive firepower to be, you know, scoring in the sixties and low seventies. They just haven't been playing good defense. They've gotten smoked by teams like NC State and as such. Um, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It's it's a, most of the same players. It's a Brady Manic. I just, I I can't believe in my head that Brady Manic was that that important to this team for them to succeed. Uh, they just haven't been playing up to their standards. None of the four remaining stars have been having the years that they had last year, and uh, it has not not been good in Chapel Hill.
0: Yeah, on an early episode this year, I did mention, is there is there at all any worry in Tar Heel Nation that maybe – last year. I don't want I don't want to call it a fluke cuz I don't I don't like when we say that word in sports. I think that's that's a um that's a mean word. W- was there any any possibility that last year was essentially the the culmination of the best version of that North Carolina team at the absolute right time? And I do think that. Like now now that we've seen it throughout this throughout this first half of the season, I'm starting to believe that Last year was just every everything fell into place at the right time, uh, especially for Armanda Baycott. Like Ar- Armando Baycott, on so many of these games, he's he's nowhere to be found, um, and they they need him desperately. the The two guards just take over way too much. They try to go iso ball. So, yeah, I agree. North Carolina's been a huge disappointment.
1: Yeah, Caleb Love twenty seven percent from three this year.
0: That's not good. It's not good at all. Um my biggest disappointment is a team that I'm usually the one defending this team till I'm blowing the face against you know college basketball fans that tune in, you know towards the tail end of the season and again, nothing wrong with that. And most people go at this team pretty hard and say they don't play anyone, they're not that good. Uh they beat up on a weak schedule. And, well, this year, they're not even beating up on a week's schedule. And that's the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They are struggling in in these WCC games. Normally, Gonzaga will run through the WCC. You have, you know, two or three road games uh, against the upper echelon of the the league. And, you know, it'll, it'll be a back and forth game. And then Gonzaga pulls away by like 10, 12 at the end of the game. That's not even happening this year. Like they're getting taken down to the wire pretty much every game. They're they're getting beat early in games where you just look up and they're down 20. Um, they got ran off the court against Texas this year. When they've played a league competition, it almost looks like they don't belong. I can't believe they they beat Bama early in the year. That's kind of insane looking back at. But uh yeah, it, it's gotta be Gonzaga for me.
1: And they're not getting the normal blowouts in conference that we're accustomed to either. They're playing some pretty close games in conference, and just relying on Drew Timmy, uh, they don't. I don't think they're going to win this conference if Drew Timmy isn't on their team.
0: Uh, no, and and that's like I, I mean, I mean, Drew Timmy is incredible, but I do, I do want to. Just bring up something real quick with Drew Timmy, and a lot of players like Drew Timmy. So Drew Timmy is definitely someone that I think you and I would definitely give the label "great college player." You know, he's not really going to do much in the pros, and every single year over the last two years, he's just really been the same player, which is a great college player. And I thought this year he'd come in and he'd introduce something else to his game, but he's pretty much just been the same player. Um, a little bit more intensity on the defensive end of things, but I I haven't seen this huge leap where it's like, oh yeah, Drew Timmy's going to take over and it's all going to work out. It's kind of just been same old, same old Drew Timmy and the rest of the team isn't really that good around them this year. Maki Smith's kind of been a huge disappointment for them. Uh, Strother's good, but you know, I mean, he's not... He he's not good enough to carry the load, phenomenal three-point shooter, but um he can't he can't be your second or third option.
1: I agree. Uh so let's move on to something a little more positive with our biggest surprises of this year. Uh one of them we just got done watching finish off a home win over Kansas. It has to be Kansas State. Um Jerome Tank has done an incredible job building this roster. Uh they alike with LSU had two players, I think, in March. On their roster. He built his entire roster um, from nothing, brought in Keontae Johnson. Uh, whenever you look at Keontae Johnson play, you're like, oh, wow, they were lucky to get Keontae Johnson. I think that was a big step by Jerome Tan to go out of the limb and get Keontae Johnson in the building. Hadn't played basketball in two years. And uh, you're relying on him to be one of your best players, one of your best scorers, one of your leaders of your basketball team. It's worked out incredibly. He's been awesome. Uh, brought in Naquan Tomlin from JUCO, brought in Desi Sills, who we're familiar with in the SEC from Arkansas through Arkansas State from last year. He's been really good. He played great defense tonight against Kansas. And uh just built this team from scratch. They're they're scrappy. They can score. They can defend. Um County Johnson, man, is incredible. He average averaging eight rebounds a game from the guard position. And uh they just play really, really good. Solid basketball, well-coached, always have great out-of-bounds plays. And uh, their fan base has really caught on this year. They have great home home environments this year. So, Kansas State, man, it, it really feels like they're headed to the top, you know, to a three-seed line or above. It just feels like that kind of season for them, the way they're playing.
0: Right, right. Um, they've been awesome. I mean, what was that, 2021? 20, they had – two wins in the entire season. You know, I mean they this was a team a lot like Iowa State that hit rock bottom and and became the perennial punching bag for the rest of the Big 12 and now they're punching back. Um it's it, it's pretty remarkable. And that that game was that game was electric tonight, man. They that crowd was that crowd was buzzing. That was that was great to see. Um, but my biggest surprise in a positive way, uh, we're going to stick in the Kansas area ish. And uh, we're going to go over to Columbia, Missouri, because I've been blown away at the job Dennis Gates has done this year. You lose Basil from last year, Trevon Brazil, Basil. I, I, I never I, that that's the name that I struggle with like you. Uh, like you, you, you always struggle with names. Uh, he, he gets me every time, but um, you, you lose him last year. You pretty much lose your entire team. You come in and Dennis Gates has, has put together a squad and, you know, got, got the huge transfer from Missouri state in, in Isaiah Mosley. And he's, he's gone out and he's actually, you know, gotten several other great transfers and it's, it's, it's been really impressive to see to see what he's done i mean kobe brown returning and uh he's he's taken a huge leap you know last year shot 21% from from 3 this year shooting 42% um huge difference it's 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 been great to see and that's a that's a basketball school that's that's hidden into a football school if you really know a lot about Missouri's history as a basketball program they they produce uh winners year after year and it was kind of disappointing to see the program hit rock bottom the last two three years and now they're definitely going to open up, up and it's 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 great to see
1: I agree and uh I believe that Dennis Gates is also your coach at the
0: he is my coach of the year. Um, I, I just, I just have to give props to him. like Missouri, for lack of better terms, they were, they were kind of a complete dumpster fire last year. I mean, they went, they go twelve and twenty one. Kanzo Martin had sucked the life out of the program, and for him to go in there, guns blazing, getting transfers, getting Noah Carter from Northern Iowa, getting Isaiah Mosley from, from um. Missouri State. Then he brings over Des Moines Hodge from Cleveland State. It was, it, it was a really impressive job that he did. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I just have to give him a lot of love because I've heard nothing but great things about him. And he hit the transfer portal in the mid major spots at, at a very high clip. And in the SEC, you're seeing a lot of that this year with Florida. You're seeing it with LSU. You're seeing it with, um, who else has gotten a new coach? I, I, South Carolina got a new coach, but they yeah. actually got a five-star, which is still crazy to me <laughs> with Gigi Jackson. But you, you're seeing that formula pretty much across the board in the SEC. And for whatever reason, Dennis Gates has been the only one to kind of to kind of pan off now. Look, I mean, he's lost his last two to A&M in Florida, and those are two teams that you'd like to see him beat to maintain that m- momentum. But uh, all in all, I mean, they won they won twelve games last year. They've already won thirteen games this year. It's, it's, yeah, it's a huge turnaround and I'm just very impressed with him and I'm very happy for him.
1: I agree. Um my coach of the year also in the same uh, Midwest area of the country, I'm going with TJ Olsenberg from Iowa State. A guy I've always been an admirer of the way he coaches defensive basketball, you know, from his days at UNLV and then when he moved to Iowa State I thought his last year his, his first year at Iowa State last year was a really really impressive first season in Ames he made it to the Sweet 16 just not a ton of talent he has to work with so far but they just played great intensity on defense night in and night out uh, what I really loved was they lost their best player Tyrese Hunter to Texas and then they host Texas tonight beat them by 11 Um, ha- has to be hurtful to Tyrese Hunter and and you love to see that in a, as an opposing fan base. We know Ames has always been a great play to play his basketball. They have a great crowd but um, you know since they started Big 12 play 15 point win over Baylor. A win on the road at Oklahoma. A win on the road at TCU. A 34 point win over Texas Tech. A two point loss uh, on the road at Allen Fieldhouse and then an 11 point win tonight against Texas. We've talked about the Big 12 is arguably one of the the best conference in college basketball and uh Iowa State sitting tied at the top right now at 5 and 1 very very impressive from TJ Olsenburg
0: yeah i love the job Olsenburg does and actually you know the other day we, we had a conversation off uh just you and i talking about potential college coaches we could see making the jump to the pros this year i would say tj olsenberg's definitely someone that i i would not be surprised if the nba came calling in a year or two that's a he's an extremely witty coach um and i'm yeah i, I mean i i states in a great situation I, I would not be surprised at all if they made a run and uh maybe maybe we'll talk about iowa state later on in today's episode But moving on to the next category, and that is Coach of the Year at the mid-major level. Um, so, Ben, I'm going to kick this one off with my guy, Georgia Georgia State legend Ron Hunter. Uh, Ron Hunter m- made the jump up in competition, going to Tulane from from Georgia State. Uh, he was uh, he was obviously known at Georgia State for for his son's team when they when they stunned Baylor. He went to Tulane and he has really started to re-energize the program. Um, it's definitely taken some time. I mean, he inherited a program that went four and twenty-seven in his final year under Mike Dunleavy. Um every year since then, you know, got progressively improving this year. He, he's already at 12 wins and the high high water mark under his tenure has been 14. He's showing an ability to actually compete in the American. Uh, American's one of the better conferences in the mid-major level. He's already gotten wins against Memphis and and UCF. Obviously tonight, you know, took a took a took a, <laughs> took a big loss to Houston by twenty, but it's Houston. They are uh, they're in my opinion the best team in the country. That's nothing. That's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, yeah, I, I'm just really impressed with the job. He's done. And uh, also, shout-out Walker Legend. Shout-out Tulane Legend, Jalen Cook.
1: That's a 225 Legend right there. Um, My yes, coach of the year is Dusty May for the FAU Owls. They sit 17-1 right now, 7-0 in Conference USA. This past week, they got ranked in the top 25 for the first time in school history. Uh, They've always been a you know top fourth of the league but, man, they just look really, really good right now. The the other contender, obviously, in their conference is UAB, who we've talked about before. Um, they beat him at home. They have a win over Florida this year on the road. They can just really score the basketball, man. And, and Dusty May seems to always have a good uh, offensive game plan. And even when they've struggled to shoot the ball this year, they've been able to scratch out wins, a 50-46 to 46 win at North Texas, you know, a win over West Kentucky. Even when the shooting's not going incredible, they seem to scratch out some wins. Um, 67 points in North Kentucky, still a 15-point win. There's some good ball clubs, and uh, when they have to tighten up on defense, they can, but they can also shoot you out. And I think that's a sign of good coaching is being able to adapt your team to what's going on in the game situation. Uh, Dusty May, I think, has always been a good coach, but this might be finally the national recognition he gets for this FAU team. And hopefully they make the tournament because uh, they have some guys that can really get hot in a tournament game and they can make a run.
0: Agreed, agreed. agreed. I, I think he's going to be a sneaky 12-13 team this year that everyone in the brackets going to pick. Now, t- time for the player of the year in the mid major. Um, ben, why don't you start us off with this one?
1: Uh, I I think before the year that. This has been dubbed kind of the year of the big with so many great big men around America with, you know, your Zach Edes and your Trace Jackson Davises and your Armando Bacotts and all those guys coming into the season it's supposed to be great. Uh, I think it's been kind of the year of the big and in, in the mid majors as well. And I think the best one this year has been Jake Stevens, the transfer from VMI over to Chattanooga, always a good player. at VMI, you know, 19 points a game, nine rebounds a game last year at VMI. But Joining a more talented Chattanooga team, I think, has really highlighted his play. He's up to 21.9 points a game and 10.3 rebounds per game to go along with 2.3 blocks, the 7-foot, 275-pound center, um, just playing really, really solid basketball. He's also putting up 5.3 three-point attempts per game and shooting 41.6%. I thought that was awfully impressive. Could go with 85% for the free throw line for a 7-footer. Uh, just a very, very efficient basketball player plays really good defense, always finishes down low, and is able to stretch the floor a little bit. So uh, Jake Stevens, not not the prettiest guy, I'll say, but (laughs) very, very good basketball player. I've always known about him at VMI, but VMI is one of the worst basketball teams in America usually. (laughs) Like, they're usually really, really poor. (laughs) And to see their best player join a a good mid-major basketball team, I think is – what the positive side of the portal has all been about and why a lot of people love the portal in college basketball. I think it's a great story for him in his fifth year college basketball to be a part of a winner and, uh, to contribute and for everyone to see his talent. So Jake Stevens, Chattanooga.
0: I love the pick. I'm going with everyone's favorite mid-major player. And that is Mr. Jordan Jelly Walker at UAB. Um, the point guard out of Long Island. Everyone, everyone knew about him last year. Averaged 20 game last year. He was electric. This year he somehow has gotten better averaging 24 game on better efficiency in, in every regard except for the foul line where he's only you know shooting 87%. So he had a little wiggle room to gain there. Um but yeah, Jordan, Jordan Walker. Um I tried not to just give this give this label to everyone because it, it, it becomes very redundant to say it. But in the most simplest form, Jordan Walker is a bucket. I mean, the guy is an absolute walking bucket. He, he can score any which way he can get to the hole. He can hit it from three. He can work you inside of the mid range and, you know, his floaters and stuff. He is, uh, he is, he is everything that is right with someone who is is a hooper and yeah, I, I love watching the guy play last game. He had 28. He's he he's going to get his most nights. I mean, he'll definitely have his rare off nights here and there, but he's such a fun player to watch, man.
1: The thing I really like about his play this year is the turnovers have gone down, because if you've had one Nick against his game is sometimes he can get out of control. Sometimes he makes bad passes. He, he gets caught up in the air. But the turnovers have gone down, I think, by about one turnover a game this year, which, which is pretty good to go along with the shooting percentages going up. is been a really impressive uh, improvement by Jelly Walker.
0: Absolutely. I'll go ahead and, you know, talk about the player of the year. We actually this, – this is the only one for the entire thing where you both agreed on the same person. And, unfortunately, it is Zach Eadie. Ben, take it away because I don't want to talk about Zach
1: uh, I mean, I don't know how you can say anything else. <laughs> he's got this Purdue team. It's 17-1, and 6-1 and one in the Big Ten. Uh, a game-winning shot the other night against Michigan State. Um, I, I don't know what we can say about the guy. He's just completely dominating college basketball right now. He's seven foot four, 295. It seems like he's really found the patience and the control down low this year to where he doesn't. You know, he takes his time. He knows no one can really block his shot or steal the ball when he holds it high. And so he takes his time. He's always making good bank shots. Um, you know, he's always making good decisions with the basketball, underrated passer out of the post as well. I'll say about him and they finally got the right mix of three point shooters to put around him to where uh, they're, they're too much of a threat outside to leave him alone and it's opened up the floor for him, but 21.9 points, 13.4 rebounds. I mean, he, he's playing absolutely incredible basketball in the big 10, which is one of the most physical, um, you know, conferences in the country. He's also shooting 75% from the veto line and he's shooting 7.2 free throws per game in college basketball. That's, that's pretty impressive. And to, to be making those is really good. I also got 2.2 blocks. I mean, it, it's just complete domination from Zach. Eady. I really haven't seen him play a bad game all season. And, uh, he's got this Purdue team at the top of the nation to to go with Houston and Alabama and such. But, um, you know, when you think about Houston and Alabama, there's a lot more talent, a lot more athleticism on those teams. This team is a lot a lot of Zach Eady, a lot of Zach Eady, and some shooting around them. And, uh, Matt Painter has been making it work. I thought Matt Painter's actually been a very, very good coach this year as well, centering his offense around Zach. Um, Canadian has to
0: be the player of the year this for. Yeah, there's there's no one else you can really make make the case for. Um, He's he's a pretty. I mean, he's he's seven foot four, and what's really benefited him this year is no no Travion Williams. And I, I don't say that to say Travion Williams is a bad player, but. He doesn't have the second big to to clog things up for him and also the second big for Painter to say, all right, well, uh, Edie's in foul trouble or Edie's, you know, maybe he doesn't have this game. I'm just going to I'm just going to sub him off and basically play him, platoon him at 20 minutes apiece, 25 minutes apiece. Right. He doesn't he doesn't have that option anymore. And I don't think he's as willing to go to it as he used to be. And so now it's just Zach, Edie or die. And it's, it's really interesting to watch. I'm I'm going to be fascinated to see what they do in the tournament.
1: Yeah, me too. It seems like a sustainable model of basketball. Um, but, you know, we, we really never know until we get to the tournament. Uh, there's been a lot of things that we thought were pretty trustworthy that have crumbled apart in the tournament in the past few seasons. So it will be very, very interesting to see. But like I said, I think they got the right mix of guys around them finally. All right, we're gonna move on to our transfers of the year. Um, Casey, would you like to start with your mid-major transfer of the year?
0: I would. This guy, it, it it it's kind of insane when I first watched him that he wasn't already on this team, and that's Darian Trammell of San Diego State. Um, I I didn't I, I had no idea Darian Trammell transferred from Seattle because when I watched Darian Trammell play. He he exudes San Diego State basketball. He will pick you up full court. He will drive with his head down. He will play through contact. He he will make contact. He's he's the classic bulldog, short, no-neck, point guard. Um I, I I love him. And he provides just enough offense at times for this San Diego State team that they're not going to be completely dependent on Matt Bradley. And that makes it a lot more interesting with this team going forward.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I talked about him at times last year for Seattle. I thought he was an excellent player. One of the guys I was most forward to watching uh, this year. Uh, the first time I really watched him on national stage this season was that game against Arkansas. Um, well, he was awesome. He, yeah, how tall is Mr. Black for Arkansas at the point guard?
0: Anthony. <laughs> it- black is uh six seven but i i bet that wingspan is probably about uh seven seven two
1: yeah and Dar- darian trammell is five ten and i think that's generous listing on the on the team sheet and you just wouldn't know it out there he was going yeah. he was going blow for blow with him he's so tough He's such a bulldog, awesome. like you said, and, and he fits right in with them. And he does – he's got a pop of scoring because, you know, he was relied on for almost all the scoring in Seattle. So he he knows how to go get a bucket when he oh, can. Yeah. And so he's able to inject that pop of scoring whenever in San Diego State needed this year. And in past years, San Diego State has needed that a lot. And that's been a missing component, I think, of their team yeah. is they could go cold at certain moments, and uh, that's when they would lose some basketball games. So very welcome transfer in Darren right. Tremel.
0: Yeah, it's, San Diego State's had that problem where uh, the, the beauty of college basketball is teams want to play a certain way. But when San Diego State gets in these games where they need to score like uh, more more than sixty points, they, they freak out. They they can't do it. And uh, yeah, this year I think I think Mr. Darren Trammell is going to be able to provide some some bit of an uptick for him. Who's your transfer of the year at the mid major
1: level? You know, a lot of times we talk about mid-major players that are on good teams. I would just like to talk about a, a guy who's playing well on a bad team. I don't think there's anything against that. Uh, I'm talking about Sam Sesums on Coppin State, the transfer from Penn State, who was getting playing time at Penn State. But, uh, man, he's getting a way bigger role at Coppin State. He's 37 minutes a game, almost 16 field goals a game. He's jacking up for Coppin State. He, he did do this earlier in his career for Binghamton. But, man, it's been really a level up for him this year. He's almost at 22 points a game. He's shooting 52% from the floor, shooting 80% from the free throw line. He, he's really the only offense they have. Um, and he, he just gets buckets, flat out and simple. He gets buckets for the Cop and State Eagles. Um 26-point game against South Carolina State, a 35-point game and a win at Loyola, Maryland, which was actually a great win for uh, for them. He also had 28 against Maryland on 11 of 20 this year. Um, against some pretty decent teams, he's had some good stats. 24 against Navy, 28 against Mount St. Mary's. You know, you look at Coppin State, not a good record, but They've had worse records in past seasons. Six and 14 is actually pretty decent for them considering their past uh, records. So he is contributing to winning on a losing team, but he is contributing to winning. And uh, I, I just really like his game. He's he's full gas. He never stops. He he rarely sits down on the bench, 37 minutes a game. You know, he's only sitting three of those. So uh, Sam Sessoms, I'd just like to recognize him, the Penn State transfer.
0: Our fighting on Dixon's. Good for them. Good for them getting recognized. But uh, yeah, I mean, shooting shooting thirty seven percent from three on one hundred six attempts already on the year. It's it's very impressive. So shout out to you, Sam. Go get yours, buddy. Moving on to our transfer so far of the year for the uh, high major basketball, and I'm gonna go first because I get a. I get a layup here, and it's it's Keontae Johnson. I I could I could talk about Keontae Johnson, just to tell him blue in the face. This guy is awesome. He's my kind of player too. He just he does all the small things well. He will rebound the basketball, as you mentioned. He will shoot threes. He will handle the ball. He will play defense. He he does it all. He has it between the ears too. Extremely smart, heady player. He was really. He was really the only good thing about Florida basketball the last 2 years before tragedy strikes and he goes into cardiac arrest on the field on the court collapses uh last year Ben if you remember they they started him in a ceremonial game like as a as senior night like his career like I mean,
1: it was over. He for all intents and I don't purposes. think
0: it was. It was over. Like I mean, for all intents and purposes, it was over. And and for him to to get the opportunity at at Kansas State, and I, I mean, he's just taken it and completely ran with it. He's he he's probably their best player. I mean, I I don't I don't think that's that crazy of a take. Uh, um, obviously, yeah. I, I mean, he just he does he does everything well on the on the court I mean shooting shooting almost forty percent from three on fifty six attempts he he gets their rebounds he scores I mean he had 20, 24 and eight tonight against Kansas in a huge win I, I mean the the guy just he he wills them to victory more often than not uh twenty twenty four and nine against Baylor in a win against in overtime. Oh 116 103 win against Texas. He had 28 and 9 and 5 as well. I mean the, the guy's awesome. And for his for his basketball career to essentially be all intents and purposes over a year ago and, and now he's playing at, at even a higher level of basketball than the SEC. And he's he's been he's been unbelievable. So yeah, shout out to Keontae Johnson. What what a story.
1: I agree. Incredible story. Uh, I think we were both always fans of him at Florida as well, and it was sad the way we thought his career had ended and for this revival, it's just been great to watch. Um, my transfer of the year is a guy who actually transferred within Conference of the American, was really the guy leaned upon at SMU to do all the scoring, all the passing, and he moved on to Memphis, I think, to uh, kind of get some more help and to be part of a more winning basketball team. The more winning basketball team has has um, has um come, still not getting a lot of help, still doing almost everything by himself. He's putting up 21.2 points per game and 5.8 assists per game, and that's Kendrick Davis, who went from SMU to Memphis this year. Him and DeAndre Williams has really been a potent one-two punch for Memphis this year, and they're just not getting a lot of help outside of that. They've been really leaned upon as a guard forward duo to do – a lot of scoring, a lot of rebounding, a lot of passing. And uh, Kendrick Davis, I think, you know, playing 35 minutes a game from Memphis to transfer from um SMU to Memphis and just not skip a beat and actually get better as a passer and playmaker and to increase his scoring numbers this year, I think has been really, really impressive. Uh, he's always depended on down the stretch, always gets clutch buckets for them. And um, he's been playing really, really well.
0: agreed well let's let's move on to uh our freshman of the year in both in major and and high major and uh these are actually two other awards that we did agree on there was there was really no one else for either that jumped out of uh you so i'll I'll take the first one and i'll talk about brandon miller uh brandon miller's been the freshman at the high major level and rightfully so The, the guy's the guy's unbelievable he is he is a freak and um you know, everyone has their type in life, whatever that may be, whether it's cars, significant others, food, and uh like Brandon Miller is my type to a T. Just the 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 lanky, long wing that that's silky smooth can can make make any shot on the court. Um, I'm I'm already seeing NBA nerds talk themselves out of Brandon Miller because there's certain like two point efficiency numbers. Uh, G- give me a break. This guy, this guy is, he, he is incredible. He's shooting 46% from three. I don't, I don't really have any concerns about him getting downhill uh, 30 points. Both of the last two games. He's, he, he's unstoppable. I, I don't really care about a two for 13 performance from two against North Carolina. Oh, well, it, it, it happens. Let's move on. Uh his, his shots incredible. He, he he yeah, he's 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 so good. He's there's there's nothing else to say. I mean, yeah, he needs to improve the defense and we can talk about the the NBA nerd stuff when when that time comes for us, but uh no, he's he's one of the best players in in all of college ball right now.
1: Yeah, he's just a shot maker and um, at his height and Length and the way he shoots the basketball—it's really, really hard to get in front of him, to block him, to defend him, to even get a hand in his face is really difficult. um I expect him right now to be a top five pick in the draft. I just think his length and shot making is is very rare. And to step right into SEC and uh, he would be my SEC player of the year. Just right now, as a freshman, is very, very impressive. Vanderbilt has been awesome. Um, my mid-major – or our, both of our mid-majors freshman of the year is a guy we saw play down in Baton Rouge earlier in the season when they almost took out the Tigers, where he had 19 points, five assists, three rebounds, and he almost had the game-winning assist. Uh, that would be Jackson Pavlecki. And I'm pretty sure I got that last name right, but I apologize if I don't. think you did. Um, the stats don't blow you away. What blows you away is whenever you watch this Wofford team, he looks like the leader – he looks like one of the biggest guys out there at the position. Uh, playing point guard, six foot three. He he never looks scared. He's always uber aggressive. And the other thing that's really stuck out for me this year is in the biggest games he has shown up the biggest. Uh, the 19 points at LSU, like I mentioned, the 23 points at uh, Texas A&M in a win, and then he had 12 points, four assists, um. Against Sanford, and then he also had twelve points, five rebounds, and the game-winning bucket at Mercer in a low, low-scoring contest. Where he played thirty-six minutes and played very, very good defense the whole game. Um, like I said, the one thing that impresses you just watching him out there is he looks like he belongs, and you just you just don't see freshmen stepping a lot into mid-major basketball. It's usually a lot of senior, june leading teams, unless they're transferring from big, um, from big schools, but. The freshman from Wisconsin doesn't look like he's gonna stay at Wofford for long, does he? Case?
0: No, no. Especially, especially if you played three SEC teams and you know in two of the three games you played tremendously well. well yeah, he's he's gonna be playing for a, a, a high major school next year. Um, he is from Wisconsin, so
1: he could play for Wisconsin right now.
0: Maybe Wisconsin makes a run at him. Yeah, he could play Wisconsin right now, but also Marquette. Maybe Marquette makes a run at him. I would not be surprised about that.
1: He's also up at thirty nine percent from three, so he's he's a very good outside shooter as well.
0: Yeah, and that's but that's playing with people who aren't, you know, able to to create opportunities for If he goes somewhere else, I, I I would expect his efficiency numbers to also go up. I agree. Let's close it with uh our final four dark horses. Then I I have a I have one that I, I don't even know if it's a dark horse or not. I think it is because they don't have a coach or they they do have a coach now if some may say and that's Texas. Um Texas has just enough guys who can get their own that if they're in a tight game, they they might get some bailout shots and 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 huge buckets. They also have the length and athleticism to defend anyone. They've proven they can play against anyone in the country, especially in the Big Twelve. And I just I I, I just can't shake I can't shake Dylan Mitchell, man. Like he he is a different kind of athlete, and they need to incorporate him more. Into everything that that they do, but Texas is going to be one of my three dark horses. uh Why don't you give one of yours?
1: Okay, I know I went with them last year, but I, I'm going with them again. And <laughs> I actually think they're better. Yeah, this I season. swear, I actually think they're better this season. Yeah, they added better, solely bomb uh, the transfer from UTEP. I said last year their guard play was elite, and they have so many they can throw at you. But they added another one with bomb this year. That's the Xavier Musketeers. They score almost 80 every single game, and they have so many different ways to get it. They have two big guys that can play in and out. They have three guards who can drive and shoot. They just come at you so fast. They start off these games so quick, man. They turn into a track meet immediately. And um, I think that kind of thing, when you have so many scoring options, those are the kind of things that translate into the tournament where you don't have to rely on one guy or two guys, and you just have tons of guys who can go get it. You have advantages in the post. You have advantages in the perimeter. Um, there's some good, good Big East defenses. They they scored a lot of points on UConn this year. Um, they got in track meets with Marquette. It just doesn't matter. They they score points consistently. And uh, they're in the 80s almost every single game. I love Xavier this year, and I actually think they have a better chance of last year, even though I picked them last year as well as my Dark Horse.
0: Yeah, uh, are you at all worried that Sean Miller is going to coach his way out of it? A little bit. All right, fair enough. Well, I'm going to go to another Big East team, and it's Marquette. It is so great to see Shaka Smart taking control of another. Uh, I mean, this this isn't really a mid major. I mean, th- this is the Big East, so uh, you know, taking taking control of a high major program, and. Moving in in the direction that uh, th- that he can. Marquette's got five. Of, I don't want to start their losses, but I'm going to. They have five of the best losses in the country. You know, Purdue, Mississippi State, Wisconsin, Providence, and Xavier. All very close losses. Uh, two of them in, in, in overtime. They've beaten Creighton. They've beaten Connecticut. They've beaten St. John's. They've beaten St. Hall. They've beaten... Villanova, I would not be surprised at all if they end up winning the Big East. I think they're that good. They they play the they play the fun style of of Shaka Smart teams in terms of they they defend well, they pressure the ball. But what this team is different than previous Shaka Smart teams is they can actually score. Like other Shaka Smart teams. Struggled to score the basketball. This team is much more run and gun. They're, they're much more up tempo than any of the other teams. And yeah, I've been, I've been very impressed with Shaka Smart. He's currently third in offensive efficiency and, and he, he at no point in his career then has broken the top 20. And he's at third right now. Um, so, very 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 exciting stuff to to see Marquette back at it and and doing Marquette things honestly.
1: Um I, I think you're right. I think the running gun aspect has really um taken the uh the overall ceiling of this team up because Shocker Smart teams always play good uh defense. Marquette has one of my favorite players in the country mostly because he resembles the way that I play basketball. And that would be Tyler <laughs> Kolick. <clears throat> one of the most pass-first players you'll see in America, uh, really just doesn't want to shoot it. But when he does, he has one of the best bank shots, little running bank shots, uh, a la CJ McCollum, does a lot in the NBA. Only takes seven shots a game, but he's How averaging 7.9 assists per game. Um, he's really, really taking them over top on the running gun. Him getting out in transition has been beautiful, because they have scores. They've always had scores. They have Cam Jones. You know, they have guys who can score the basketball. But him able to facilitate to all these guys to lead the fast break, uh, I think has really taken them over the top.
0: I agree. I I think they're a very fun team. And I, this, is a, this is gonna be a fun tournament, man. There there's no one I guess you could say like Purdue. But it's Purdue. I mean, come on now. There's no one that is, it, is coming into the tournament, I'd say, with like expectations. Like Purdue, maybe Kansas. But outside of Houston. that, I, I, I think everyone's – yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Houston's got some expectations. So I'd say those three teams are the ones that are coming into the tournament with more of the – we we have to make it to the Final Four because otherwise it's probably like kind of a disappointing season. Whereas everyone else is coming into the tournament very much of, we can make it to the final four. We can do this. And that's extremely interesting. And in a contrast to years past in terms of the magnitude of some of these teams and my third and final uh, dark horse team, I I can't abandon them now. This is one of my favorite teams in the country. It's one of my favorite coaches in the country. And that is the fighting horn frogs at TCU. I know I know they just they just made a little run a little Cinderella run and they got they got throttled and that that might happen that might happen again in basketball. They might make it all the way to the final four just to get throttled, but I can't abandon my boy Mike Miles now. Mike Miles is the kind of player who can take you anywhere in a single elimination tournament. I would not be surprised if he catches fire and just takes him on a Cinderella run and I mean, they'll be they'll be like a 4-5-6 seed. So, they're, they're going to get a decent draw. And they have the talent to do it. They have the post to do it. They have the defense to do it. We'll see.
1: I like that pick. Um, My last two picks, my first one was Iowa State. I, I think I talked about them at length, but I just think the defense travels in the tournament always. And then my last one, just a very, very dark horse team. Uh, NC State. I just love the way they play offense. They brought on Jarquell Uh Joyner from Ole Miss to pair with Terquavion Smith, who we all know is just an elite shot maker. Um, they are averaging seventy nine point six points a game this year in the ACC. Um, uh, kind of like Xavier, man. They they just find a way to get buckets all over the place. They played a high high tempo, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them be one of those teams make a run in championship week through the ACC tournament and bring all that momentum to the tournament and uh keep it going. I, I think they're probably going to be around that eight, nine line, and it could be one of those trendy uh, eight, nine seeds to beat the one and continue through all the way to the final four. But uh, I love NC state. I've been a big fan of and Smith. I, I talked about him on the draft last year before he pulled out, but I, I think he's a very, very good basketball <laughs> player.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can pretend it's the Tray Quayvon Quib- Smith love, and that's why you pick NC State, and it definitely is part of it. But we all know it's the DJ Burns love, and I can't blame you. I I want to see DJ Burns in the Final Four. I want to see DJ Burns in in the ACC Championship game making a run. I mean, I, how, how can you not be pulling for this NC State team? This is one this is one of the more fun NC State teams that we've had. Usually, NC State has like. One guy that's supposed to be really good, and everyone just kind of like surrounds him, and you think it's going to work out, but it doesn't. Uh, th- this seems like one of the more fluid, cohesive teams that NC State has.
1: I agree, and um, they've won four games in a row, including putting 84 on Duke's heads and 83 uh, against Miami. Also, after the Miami game, Triquavion Smith said. We're the best team in North Carolina. Everyone's sleeping on us. Better respect us. I like that a lot.
0: I love that. I love that. Now, are they the best team in the Carolinas? Because someone who else could have been for the biggest surprise are the Clemson Tigers. But yes. we'll talk about them later and so much more next episode on the line. See ya.